Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 78. Woo! Woo! Well, yes. Another number. Well done. We're here again. Another foray. Will it ever end? Never. Never. The podcast will never end. <laughs> We're positively babies compared to some of the podcasts. This is true. This is yes. very true. Yes, only 77 episodes. <laughs> but youngsters oh. on the block. Imagine if we get to like 200. Oh, I'll be dead by then. Probably. We both will. How yes, are you, Nick? Indeed. I'm all right. Mm. I have a glass of wine. A glass of wine. A glass of wine. And now you're talking like in an old-timey way. A glass of wine. Yes, that's how I order a glass of wine. <laughs> you do, actually. Yeah, give me a glass of wine. That's what I say in all the pubs. <laughs> It's been a good day then, so it's a glass yeah, of wine kind of day. glass of wine all day. How are you? You all right? You haven't got a glass of wine. No, I don't have a glass of wine. I thought I wouldn't have a glass of wine. I thought no. I'd wait for the cocktail this week. I've issued the pre-cocktail cocktail and gone for the pre-cocktail wine. You're changing things up and I don't like Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yep. Mix it up a bit, make it a bit different, keep you on your toes. <laughs> I just get boring otherwise, can't be having that. You seem to be oddly charged with energy, like evil misdoings are ahead. <laughs> That's the thing, Negroni makes you sort of, w- weirdly wakes you up and makes you festive. Red wine makes you evil, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, any any poisonings this week? We'll find out. <laughs> that is all you've said to me since I came in. I was like, what cocktail? You'll find out. <laughs> That's true. It's all the grand mystery of life. Could I have a cup of tea? You'll no. find out. <laughs> You'll find out. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. Okay. Ah. Well, speaking of the mysteries of the unexplained and getting red wine drunk and confusing your friends, I think it's time for us to thank our lovely Patreon subscribers. Yes, indeed, they are confused. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> why would they have joined us in our crazy ways? Yes, they've arrived on Patreon and gone, why are we here? What's, what's, what's going, going on? on? What, this is what, all really strange. This? They took our money and keep talking at us. So thank you very much to Becca Smith. And to Dinsey Winsey. So I like that. That's very good. That's a very good name. I like a rhyming thing. Dinsey Winsey and Becca Smith. You are very, very sexy. Absolutely. Delicious, Marvelous. sexy new Patreon subscribers. Have some wine. Do. It's been a fun week on Patreon. Nick revealed things about himself that have started a hot debate. What What? Uh, what the hell have I done? Oh, well, if you want to know what Nick is talking about, and Nick even needs to know. <laughs> even, even I need to know. But I'm scared and confused. Indeed. If you want to know the mysteries of Nick's special secret life. You're making this sound very exciting. You have to become a Patreon subscriber. I would say it normally, but seeing as you've forgotten as well. <laughs> Had quite the chat. 
didn't we, about uh, about Nick's other life. And also, it was a very good story as well. There was a nice oh, locked room that. mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like locked room mystery, just, you know, Agatha Christie styly. Ooh, it was a delight. Well done, that Nick. That was. Why, thank you. Well, Nick, are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? No, I want wine. I'm in a winey sort of mood. Oh, well, that's interesting. So we could drink wine and poison and talk about cocktails. Wine and poison. Wine and poison. Poison wine. And talk about cocktails. No yeah. stories. I think if there's poison involved, we'll be on a time limit. <laughs> but, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of planning your exit from the earth. Yeah, Is that absolutely. it? Absolutely. If you're going to go out, go out with poison wine and cocktails. <laughs> Is poison wine just bad wine? Um, would you rather have bad wine poisoned or would you have really, really good wine poisoned? Oh, well, so really, you could really en- good wine, So you could enjoy it on the way out. enjoy it, absolutely. Go I don't want it. a bottle of Jacob's Creek to be my last thing I drink. <laughs> <laughs> There's some listener out there just about to pour the Jacob Creek and going, oh. Sorry, oh. I'm a snob. I can, I'm not ashamed to admit it. The Jacob's Creek White Zinfandel. <laughs> the finest of drinks. I used to be quite partial to our white zin in my youth. Oh, didn't we? Because I was trendy. I was so, so trendy. I used to guzzle that shit <laughs> and thinking it was so. Because someone described it as a blush. Once. A blush. Oh my goodness, a white Zinfandel and a blush. Guzzled that while also chasing it with taboos and lemonade. So, yeah, I was not a classy 20 year old. Still not. I'm not a 20 year old, no. This is true. <laughs> but I'm classy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jury's out. Yeah, he's drinking Jacob's Creek right now. He's pretending it's fancy wine. Pretending it's, it's all not fancy. even wine. It's just a bit of corner shop piss that he's mixed with Ribena, and he's guzzling it down. Yeah. <laughs> no, my secrets are out. How dare you? Well, shall we go with some drinking and talking <laughs> some about drinking. poison? There might be a story in there as well. Let's do that. Yeah, should we go with the first one? Ish. Fine. Go. But but see how it goes. Okay. We've decided. I'm not sure what on, but let's go with it. Well, it's my story this week. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. Mm. My story, so my pick. And mm. I have gone with a goddamn classic. Mm. Proper ingredient this week. Mm. The secret ingredient is ginger beer. See, now I must say I'm disappointed. With a lack of imagination, of abstractness in this ingredient, I think it's it's no. Do you want to relay the various ingredients I sent through to you, and you just went, "Oh, ginger beer is easy. I'm having that." <laughs> yes. The two sides to the tail. Yeah, Nick. but no, only one side gets get told, and that's my side. <laughs> no lashings of ginger beer in an Enid Blyton. Fashion, Absolutely. Nick. Yes. I hate Enid Blyton. Just going to say it. I, I can't match you. I read Enid Blyton, or I was read Enid Blyton when I was a child. Mm. I don't think I've read it since. But even as a six. kid, I hated that stuff. Oh, it was also twee. Also twee and pretty racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so you had a hard life. So you, you were there with your taboo and your crack. <laughs> Um, when I was none, of, none of these sandwiches and picnics and <laughs> ginger beer for you. No. I was too busy hustling on the streets <laughs> of Ashford. It was, a, it, was a, it was a hard, hard, hard life. Yes, there I was, out in the beautiful wilds of the Kentish countryside, <laughs> climbing Going. on hay bales, wishing for just some kind Going of Going to your French chateau for the holidays. <laughs> it wasn't a chateau, it was in the grounds of a chateau. <laughs> in the grounds of a chateau. <laughs> 
ginger beer, Nick. <laughs> ginger beer and the torrent of abuse that you're hurling at me today. You're not allowed wine before uh, any uh, episode. It's fun for me. It is fun for you. The tables will turn. The no, table. No oh, mark my words, sir. <laughs> With ginger beer, then ginger beer, classic ingredient, and yes. um, the internet exploded. Obviously, it does. There are many, many exciting suggestions. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, we just had a post with every single ginger cocktail known know. to man. Yeah, indeed. So there are many, many options there. But it's ginger beer, very specifically. It's ginger beer, ginger... Is ginger beer the same as ginger ale? No. It's not, is it? No. no. So we've got Jamaican ginger beer, delicious, spicy, spiky deliciousness. Uh, very good for cooking ham in. I it think. is, yes, indeed. Mm. Doing a Christmas ham and some Ooh, ginger beer. Oh, Christmas nice. ham. Oh, let's make a Christmas ham. Let's make it now, in the middle of, well, beginning of September. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do it live. <laughs> for four hours, it's very <laughs> exciting. Just recording it. Mm, it's bubbling. <laughs> it's bubbling fresh. Yes, lots of suggestions for ginger beer-based cocktails mm. on the social medias. Thank you to everyone who sent in suggestions, and some of them were goddamn delicious looking. Yeah, indeed. I was very excited. Mm, I'd like to try that one. But there's a couple of classics out there. A lot of call for the dark stormy it is a good one no denying it so we're not having that oh can i have one anyway no. what, what do you mean no no i said no gonna it's my cabinet <laughs> can't have it i'll distract you with something shiny oh, that i'll distract you with more wine <laughs> more wine oh look over there it's wine classics out there we already did mule didn't we We did the moscow mule a while back if you want to have a moscow mule go back and listen to that episode absolutely and then drink that and listen to more poisonous cabinet Indeed. while you get slowly drunk on ginger beer so with ginger beer as your inspiration ingredient mm-hmm. what have you come up with nick well 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 this week we are having an anjo highball meh uh, uh, Yes, one of those. An Anjo Highball. <laughs> An Anjo Ooh, Highball. Okay. I no yes. idea what that is. I'm excited. I'm ready for a cocktail. Ready for a few. I'm going to fight Nick when we go off air so I can make more cocktails with the ginger beer. Well, without further ado, and before Nick gets more wine drunk, I think it's time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick, we have not won. Drinks. Well, you kept on going on about it. So I thought, fine, I'll make you another one. Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm excited. So we have one long, tall, sexy number sexy and number. one short, ooh, mysterious looking number. Yes. Oh, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? So we, we, have got? The, we have the Anjo Highball. But then also, the ginger margarita did look interesting. <gasps> so I thought, fuck it, let's do one of them as well. Yeah! So I'm terrible because I just got, oh, I could put, put salt around the rim. Ah, oh, fuck it, I can't be asked. Um, <laughs> I, I I lose commitment quite quickly. So you just threw some stuff in the so glass. Yeah, exactly. Is that what no, you did? Really glad, do. And this was a suggestion from Jennifer Bjornsen, who is Bologna on Instagram, and she lovingly posts posts lots of recipes and ingredients. Yay! Indeed. And I thought this one, oh, this one stands out good. Cool. <laughs> so let's give it a go. I'm so excited! Yay! Two <laughs> drinks. Oh, and it's my story shit. Yes, so I have. Got, I've got a nice lineup here of a glass of red wine. <laughs> A ginger margarita and anjo highball. So I'm going to be wrecked at the end of this. Plus the <laughs> remains of the rest of the bottle of red wine sitting next to me. So thank God I don't have to do anything. So what should we try first then? What should we try well, first? Well, I think the anjo. We should go with the anjo. Yes. Because that was the... The original plan. The original plan. All right. So have a bit of that. And that's so. a mystery. We don't know what's in that, really. Well, I don't. I know what's in that one. Oh, do you? Because I otherwise do. you did this blind. Yes. You just went in there and went, ah, oh, you know what? Whatever's in the kitchen. Okay, so mm, nice, tall, icy drink. Smells ginger. Smells of ginger. All right, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Merry Cheer Christmas. Mmm. Scrumptiousness. Ooh, refreshing. I'm getting ginger. Yes, well done. Well done, me. Um, <laughs> ice. I'm not getting a 
lot else though oh. does it need a stir maybe so maybe so maybe it does need yeah, a little little little, little stirry stirry stir with the finger because we're classy okay second zip that yeah, probably helped the stir helped the stir definitely yeah more helped. flavor in there definitely so much one the delicious ginger beer is it's a good cocktail i've no idea what's in it though it's just got the ginger is quite overpowering not in a bad way. You know what you're getting with the ginger cocktail, but hints hint of citrus, hints <laughs> of of mystery, of sadness, of love letters from the war. I don't know what's going on. What's going on here? Yeah, what's going on here, Nick? Now, so. <laughs> so we have we have ginger, we have ginger beer, we, we have rum, rum, we have rum, we have lime, lime, lime juice. So we have the dark and stormy, pretty much. There. Yeah. Oh. But then we have the addition of Cointreau. Oh, Cointreau! Oh, some triple sec. Oh, deliciousness. Add a slightly fruity twang, which gives us the Anjo Highball. Excellent. Well, it's Anjo. Mm. Why did I think? I was thinking well, Anjo. Well, you get like Anjo chilies, which are Mexican, so that's, yeah. that's probably where you're getting that vibe from. Nothing to do with that. Don't know, <laughs> why, that. It's called, don't know why it's called that. Anjo Highball. Yes, mysterious so name, but... Highball, because it's an eyeball glass, one would assume. What a great twist but on a dark and stormy! Well, exactly. So you've got your dark and stormy Yay! with something extra. With something extra and delicious in it. Yeah, now, yeah. I know you're much more excited about this next one. I'm really excited about the next one. <laughs> so, because so I... get that one over and done with really quick. <laughs> Shove it off the table. That's fine. I don't want any <laughs> That's more of that. fine. Bring me this one. Well, margaritas are pretty much my favourite cocktail. This is true. And with a twist. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm intrigued. excited. I'm yeah. excited. Maybe it won't work. Maybe I'll be disappointed and sad for the rest of my life. We'll find out. But in ginger, about 30 seconds. ginger mar- uh, margarita with the recipe that is already on Instagram. Indeed, it's only out there. All right, Jennifer, we're gonna have to try this. Let's try it. I like that. No, that nice. Oh my god, that's really oh good. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> well done, oh my you. god, it's well so done. good. <laughs> that's much better than the Andrew Highball. Well done. <laughs> Oh, it really is. Yeah. The, the Andrew Highball is a perfectly acceptable long, long drink. Long, summery, gardeny exactly. drink. Great. But, but Sinead doesn't do that. She wants to get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's a margarita. Oh, just a margarita with a ginger twist. Yeah. I'm not but sure a... how the red wine is going to go after these two. But, uh, uh, not well, not Nick. Well, not well, I'm not feeling not well. Well, Nick. No. I think drink the... I'm going to go with drink the margarita one first to, to give you a bit of spice. And then the red wine will send you to sleep nicely afterwards. <laughs> just, you know, actually alternate sips. Sips of each. Or just one big bucket. <laughs> Stir together, mixed up uh, all in a bucket. In a bucket with a wafer thin meat. <laughs> the red wine and the chasers. Nice. Can't possibly go wrong. It can't possibly go wrong. So the Anjo Highball, really nice. Great, great drink. Great drink. I am going to enjoy that. Absolutely, but- entirely eclipsed by the ginger margarita. Spot on. Brilliant. But brilliant. I'm so emotionally happy. <laughs> Sinead is actually crying at the moment. <laughs> the ginger, it gets to you after a while. Let's just talk about this for ages. <laughs> Excellent selection Story of time. cocktails this week. Two for the price of one, because yeah. we love you so much. And we love ginger, apparently. <laughs> ginger has good. not actually been an ingredient. Ginger beer, yes. Um, but we still have ginger open. We leave the door open for more ginger-based yes. shenanigans. Though we seem to have exhausted all of them tonight. <laughs> well, no, there was a big old list of them. Big old um, list. There's loads to go through. Yes, and there was another ingredient that will come out in the story as well that actually is a type of gin that is available now. And we considered doing, oh, should we do something with this? And we're like, nah, you know what? Let's stick with ginger beer. Let's be a bit creative. If I had been more resourceful, mm-hmm. and then I think that could have been a really interesting one, but I think it would have taken a bit of planning. Yeah. So next time, give me some notice. I think this will come up again. Then, the absolutely. other ingredient, the other there secret ingredient, definitely will come up again. Well, with our two drinks firmly in both hands. I've got three. I've got three. no more oh, Yeah. Okay, so you've got a cocktail in each hand. And you've got a glass of wine balanced with on your a, head. With, with a large straw. Yeah. Sort of the oh, no, you've got of one of those really tacky wine-holding necklaces. Or a hat with 
cocktail holders on either side. <gasps> oh no, like a beer cap. Like a beer cap. Yeah, with the straws. With, yeah, with the straws. cocktails. <laughs> and then the glass of red wine to make sure you don't look, you know, Absolutely. keep it classy. You've got to look classy. Yeah. <laughs> Strolling down the street. Can't go wrong. Naked. Just <laughs> those. On my blades. On your blades. <laughs> Are you ready for a story, Nick? Yes, I think so. Hooray, hooray, hooray. This week, we are returning. We're returning to the great wide plains, Nick, of Essex. Oh, they're vast. 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 They go on for miles. Miles and miles and miles of plains. miles of plains. Yes, we are going back to Essex and straight back into the era of Poison Panic. A little slice of Victorian history where a series of murders made one of our favourite poisons infamous. (laughs) You don't know what to make of that sentence, do you? Okay. (laughs) That was an excellent sentence. Shut up. (laughs) It was a delight. Now, we went to Essex first way back in episode 51. 51. Oh, so far back. So far back. No one can count that far back. To tell the tale of the famous murderess Sarah Chesham. Now, Sarah was accused of murdering her children and another baby in 1847. She was acquitted of these crimes, but as you know in the story, she went on to get the nickname Sally Arsenic, and she was later arrested tried and convicted for the attempted murder of other women when she was just handing out advice about how to kill people. Absolutely. Uh, probably killed her husband as well. Nice. Now, my, my main concern with all this is like, mm. why the hell do people get these stupid names? names. It's like, I, my name is Sarah Chessman. Cheeseman. Chessman. Chessman. My name is Sarah Chessman. What's my nickname? Sally Arsenic. Oh, she didn't give herself the well, no, nickname. Why did someone else give her that name? What's wrong with Sarah Arsenic? Well, Sally kind of is sort of... A, a rural colloquial is nickname. Is Sally it? is quite common. It's like Johnny balls, and Sally. <laughs> Go back in time nope. and shout balls at all the rural people. You're all wrong. <laughs> Do it again. They'll be cowering behind their cows going, who is this man from the future? <laughs> With his two cocktail hats. <laughs> <laughs> on his blades. <laughs> on, on, on his magical wheelie shoes. <laughs> What's going on? Just rolling through Essex. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> That's what started Poison Panic. Yep. <laughs> Well, anyway, yes, she was hanged for her crimes eventually in 1851. Hanged for attempted murder, if you remember. Last woman to be hanged for attempted murder. Yes. Uh, on the day of the third reading of the famous sale of arsenic bill, the thing that changed the course of well, the selling and buying of arsenic to try and put some sort of law around people just wantonly grabbing sacks of it and flinging it at their relatives. How very dull. But in between Sarah's two spells of poisony prevalence, there were a string of other murders in Essex, and this is why Essex became known as the site of poison panic, and that's what started it. These other women were inspired by Sarah Chesham and men and women were involved in a series of murders. So I think it's time to hear about another of the Essex Poison Panic crimes today. Well, you built it up so much, so I think we probably should. Big old intro there. (laughs) As we know, time of Poison Panic, everyone is getting a little bit terrified of the prevalence of arsenic. Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! There's going to be lots of arsenic alarms in this story because it's going to be mentioned later. No! gonna get louder each every, time. Every time every time well that's gonna be fun for oh no you know what nick we've missed a trick here have we every time arsenic is mentioned we've got a drink this is gonna go horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> nick you have drinks lined up yeah, so with the prevalence of arsenic ooh, little sip little sip little sip <laughs> any excuse to drink this, this cocktail be a, a drunk episode <laughs> 
Nick is going to be crying at the end. But the prevalence of said poison in rural communities in particular and the ease with which people could buy such deadly, deadly toxins to do away with their rivals or their relatives if they so wished was very much in people's minds after the initial trial of Sarah Chesson. So let us tell the tale now of Mary May. Mary May. Got an issue with her name? Well, I mean, I'm sure her nickname was Bob or something. <laughs> <laughs> Poisony Bob Mary. Bob's your uncle, Poisony Jim. Yeah, that, that, there's no wonder that she ended up in such a terrible state. <laughs> Just a few months after the first trial of Sarah Chesson in 1848, we are in a hot, steamy June day in Essex. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Known for their jungle-like qualities. Exactly. Someone's <laughs> playing a saxophone on a balcony somewhere. The land is currently tackling two problems. There is a cholera epidemic sweeping the country. And there's also lots of, I read this, uh, lots of wildfires uh, sparking around the hayfields as a result of lightning strikes. Okay. Because of the the air pressure and just because it's a very, very hot June, (laughs) just hay is being set on fire. This may sound amusing, but it's actually very stressful because... I'm sure it probably would be if the whole county's on fire. Well, people are dying and all their livelihood in the rural communities is just, just spontaneously combusting. That would be upsetting. These are tough times for farming communities. It's the 1840s are marked by several crop failures, which results... they're all on fire. Well, (laughs) not before the fire struck. In 1845, I think there was a massive crop failure. Obviously affects trade, affects livelihood. People are starving and trying uh, trying to make ends meet. And you throw in an epidemic which could wipe out your family or the farm labourers. And the fact that the weather and God himself apparently hates hay... Um, it's troubling. It's a troubling time for all. So this is why we come to the village of Wicks. Wicks. And we are in the grocer's shop where Mary May resides with her husband and two children, as well as two lodges. Mary is 28 years old and lovingly described as a repulsive looking woman. <laughs> lovingly. Loving, lovingly, lovingly with all due love and respect, yep, absolutely. would later be described as repulsive looking. Nice. Mm. I'm not sure what it was. But obviously it was enough to make people go, Ugh, in the street. So it would seem, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's had a bit of a rough start to life. Of course, not much is known about her childhood. <laughs> but one resource I found tracing her family history back in the local records, which you can still read up in Essex now, found that she had been married in her teens to a man named James Everett. And they had had six children together. Four of them died. Nice. Boo. It was the start of the time. It was, yeah, oh God. <laughs> Nothing untoward, apparently. Just as you just lightning strikes. Lightning strikes. <laughs> that just wipes out your kids. Uh, kids died at the time. Children, death. Not funny. But now she's living with husband number two, Robert, and her two surviving children, Eliza and William. And there are also two lodges in her home, as I said, one of which is Mary's half-brother, William Constable. And he has the marvellous nickname, Spratty Watts. <laughs> Spratty Watts. More nicknames for you, Nick. Nice, yeah. So almost, if your surname was Watts... Then maybe, fine, go with it. <laughs> but your fucking name is there. Your name's Constable. William Constable. Then where the hell does Spratty Watts come from? <laughs> no idea. No idea. No, I I'm have gonna, issues with these nicknames. I'm going to call him Spratty for the rest of this story, because why the hell not? It's how he'd like to be known. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah, okay. We didn't mention arsenic, but we did mention Spratty Watts, so I'm going to drink. <laughs> 
Sprackly Walks. <laughs> oh dear God, I shouldn't have drunk at all. That's not even his name. <laughs> now, Spretty is around 48 years old at the time. Peddler by trade. There is this concern, as I've said, about death and disease being so rife and sweeping through the countryside. What do you do to give your loved ones a proper send-off when the inevitable happens? This is not the time for life insurance. No, we can't avoid people just dying wantonly. Wantonly, as if it was their one. Yeah, absolutely. They couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. But it is the time for our favourite thing, burial clubs. Now, it's been a (laughs) while since we've talked about burial clubs, but this is the sort of predecessor to life insurance, but not, in a way. Yeah. (laughs) We'll give you a coffin. We'll give you a coffin. (laughs) Wonderful subscription services that would provide a healthy sum of money to grieving relatives to help them bury their loved ones with all due process and care. It would stop those you cared about, those with little money to their name, having to worry about giving the dead the dreaded pauper's grave. Can't be doing with that. Such a stigma involved. A horrible way to go, you know, you're just mm, thrown in a ditch. Chuck an hole. Yeah, yeah the, the parish would pay for it, but it's not, okay. n- not particularly <laughs> dignified. Miserable end, and it would carry a stigma for the family. So you don't want that. Also, grave robbing, rife at this time, so... They'd go to the pauper's grave. Nice little throwback to Burke and Hare and to the London Burkers there. There you go. It's all links. Everything ties together beautifully. This is the episode where I tie all of the stories together. Mary had overheard about the benefits of a burial club from her friend, a local schoolmistress. And soon she was talking to other friends and neighbours about this this marvellous system. You know, obviously everyone's got to be worried about what's going to happen. You know, you've got labourers, the lodgers and the family are all going out and trying to earn what they can. And yeah, you can have money to bury your loved ones. So there we go. It's, it's, it's an interesting scheme. Luckily, no one in the house is ill. Or were they, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. They don't were you? by lightning. <laughs> Avoiding lightning strikes was the biggest cause for concern, yeah, really. If you had any metal on you, you wouldn't get insured. Oh, yeah. No way. So one day in June, Spratty Watts comes home for a hard day. He's been out uh, working as a farm labourer that day. Peddling, but also farm labouring. Working with sheep, mainly. It's a bit vague. He was okay. like, he was. I think he was driving sheep somewhere. Right, that's what farm people do. They do. There's a lot of sheep driving, droving, if you will. Not sure where to or why. Between places. But away from the lightning strikes. Away from the lightning strikes. So Spratty Watts comes home and his half-sister, Mary, dutifully makes him a nice pot of warmed porter. Porter to sup at. Now, we could have had porter. We've had porter before. Yeah, we have that. What a shame. We can't have that. It's delicious. Well, makes him a pot of warm porter to sup at. And... The lo- the other lodger in the house, a man called James, notices when he comes home that she has taken out a small paper envelope and sprinkled a little something into the porter. Uh, no one seems to question this I whatsoever. Me up. Well, sometimes she would mix things in with the porter to make it more tasty. Eggs, soda, not, not uncommon for people to be mm. messing with the porter. Spratty takes it, happily oblivious drinks down his warmed beer but a short while later he's complaining of pains across his head and body and it's not long before he is vomiting everywhere and has pretty much got explosive diarrhea well that's what porter will do to you and a small so, cottage above a grocery store it's it's a lovely lovely combination yeah, nice. so mary springs into action with a bucket <laughs> she tells her neighbors that her half-brother is very ill but it's okay because she'll receive as much as 10 pounds when he dies oh that's fine then it's fine she, she does call a doctor as well. Her husband does that. The surgeon arrives. I think it's the surgeon. The surgeon's assistant arrives first to give Spratty a dose of rhubarb as a laxative <laughs> and also some sedative. So it's kind of purge 
the system, but also calm Knock yourself down with sedatives. I mean, I think he was purging anyway, but it was to help everything bad to to to, to move out of there. But rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb could Back have been that, yeah. rhubarb and ginger. Rhubarb and ginger. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll come to the ginger, but still. But yes, the doctor gave him all sorts of weird concoctions. It seems to improve a little bit. Uh, the doctor's kind of okay. This is this is this is fine. He says to Mary, "Send for me if the symptoms worsen. It's Friday. I'm going off for the weekend." <laughs> Not that they were out on a Friday night in those days in Essex. Down the clubs. Down the clubs. Down the clubs. So call him if the symptoms worsen. After the weekend passes, he hasn't heard anything. It's like, okay, sure, he's fine. Inquires after his patient and hears back, oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah, he died. He died. Yes, Spratty Watts did not get better. No. He slowly deteriorated, had many visitors coming in and out to see him, and they all commented in his sorry, sorry state. And he eventually passes away in a pool of vomit and uh, other vomit things. Vomit and rhubarb. <laughs> Surrounded by rhubarb. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, Mary insists, insists upon a speedy funeral. Uh, she complains that he is a very bad corpse. <laughs> okay. It's a strange turn it's of a, phrase. It is a strange phrase, yes. Bad corpse. Bad corpse. Bad, bad corpse. Bad Naughty corpse. corpse. <laughs> Well, it's summer, small cottage. Yeah. The groceries may spoil. Mary has indeed visited a burial club in Harwich a few days before Spratty Watts fell ill. Now, this burial club that she goes to is further away than some burial clubs that are actually quite close to where she lives. But for some reason, she decides to go a little bit further out. Scenic. Scenic route. And she 
obtains this insurance of, as it were, all this sort of guarantee on her dead dear half brother's <laughs> life or burial on her dead brother. Yeah, on her dead brother. <laughs> yes, my brother is dead. I mean, uh, he's fine, but just in case, just in case, <laughs> she gives his name and his age of thirty-eight. Little, little younger than he actually was. Yeah. But the burial club, they do have to ask questions. His name and his age. And she's like, no, 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 he's, he's 38. She has a friend who's with her and who's going, you sure? You sure? Like, yep, no, definitely, definitely, definitely it is. You know, it's nothing to do with the fact that certain people of certain ages can't actually be part of this burial yeah, club. Yes, yes. There must be an age limit. Yes, there was an age limit. It was the upper and lower age limit. And she insisted he was strong and healthy, the very picture of health. So this is just if the worst could possibly happen when he's out farm labouring. And satisfied that her half-brother's life was uh, nicely insured, or at least his burial would be covered, Mary insists on a quick pauper's funeral for her half-brother. Nice, nice. With the local Reverend Wilkins. Reverend Wilkins. Very rural. <laughs> very yes. rural, very good. Not quite the send-off that would normally cost £10? No, indeed not. Very much something that the parish would pay for. Mm. She's ushering the Reverend along and saying, we must, we must, we must, uh, you know, get him buried, get him buried. The Reverend at the time as well asks for her brother's surname and, and the details so he can give him something resembling a funeral. At this point, she says she doesn't know his name. She only knew him as Spratty Watts. Okay. But she's confidently given his name at a burial club. Yes. Um, yes, never thought to ask, apparently. Yes, she says to the Reverend, I just knew him as that. So she's kind of going and again gives his age as 38. 30-ish. Again, the Reverend saying, are you sure? Because he looks much older than that and I've seen him before. Like, no. Mary gives a great explanation of why he can't possibly be 48. No, 38, she says, I must know for I am but 29. Yes, that works. That's how age works. That's how, that's how numbers work, yeah. I don't understand. She that. gives no other explanation apart no. from that. It's just, ah, oh, but he has to be 38 because I'm 29. Oh, that's fine. That explains it all. Yes, it's like the Fibonacci sequence. I'm not sure what happens there. <laughs> the Reverend, while uncomfortable with this, does have to bury this dead mm, man yes. who's stinking up the place in the middle of June. So Spratty Watts, William Constable, is buried. And the Reverend provides Mary with a burial certificate. But then Mary comes back to him a few days later and says to the Reverend, I need another certificate from you. I need a certificate that assures that Spratty Watts, dear Spratty, I love him so much, um, he was in fine health before he died. He's like, what? Well, no, he wasn't. He, yes. was, he wasn't. He was quite ill. Yes. Yeah, like, but, but, but before he got ill, before he got ill, he was fine. You know, just a test that he was really strong and healthy. Was he? The Reverend isn't keen because he had seen Spratty falling mm. quite ill. And Mary insists that the burial club will not pay out to her because obviously she's taken out this policy, if you will, mm. and then suddenly her half-brother is dead. Within days. And they say, well, there's no way to prove that he didn't have a pre-existing condition in a very modern insurance kind of way. <laughs> yeah. That you can't prove that he didn't have an ailment because we wouldn't cover that. This is all rather suspicious, madam. They say she needs to prove that he wasn't sick at the time that she took out the policy. The Reverend asks again, why is she pressing this point? Surely any money that would come through from this burial club would go to her husband because the money goes to the men well, folk. Yes, yes. Not to the woman of the house. And she says, no, 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 my husband doesn't know anything about the burial club. I made the arrangements. I did it myself. Just sign me a nice certificate and it'll be fine. <laughs> 
she even tries to insist that Spratty had a son that only she knew about and that it, it shouldn't go to her husband. It needs to go to his illegitimate son. So just sign the certificate and we'll make sure that the child is taken care of. All yeah. a little bit desperate yeah. and with the reverend feeling increasingly harassed, even now insisting really the parish have paid for this burial i think we should get the money yeah. mary now backing off solely <laughs> tripping over gravestones as she's walking out of the graveyard the police are called in an inspector raisin nice yes raisin raisins is an ingredient <laughs> no it's not spelt in the same way oh, is it not? Oh, okay raisin isn't there agatha raisin is a that modern detective oh, series that? Maybe it's a predecessor for her. We could have had raisins. Did you want raisins <laughs> rather than ginger? Are you not happy enough with what's oh, here? I don't know. Well, I've got wine. <laughs> That's made of raisins. There you go. <laughs> See, it all somehow ties together. Now, Inspector Raisin visits Mary and offers to look into this troubling business about the burial club to help her, of course. Of course. Just asking questions. Mary now descends into a series of stories. She's very grateful. She's very grateful for his help looking into the burial club and explains that her half-brother had fallen ill quite out of the blue. On the day that he became sick, he had been out driving sheep and she had only given him some ginger beer no. and a biscuit before he set out for the day. Ginger beer and a nice digestive. That's what sets you up for a hard day's droving. Cornerstone of any healthy breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) To solidify her defence, she keeps saying, he wasn't sick, he wasn't sick, and my neighbour knows it too. There was no vomiting, she insists. That's just silly. He was absolutely fine. My neighbour saw him. My neighbour definitely saw him. She tells the inspector to note down as he's talking to her, pointedly says to him, do write down that my half-brother was not ill at all. Make sure you write that down. And and, and could you give me a copy of that? And give me a copy, yeah. Yeah, That would be most useful with all this burial club business. Yes. No, he was in good health. Her neighbour saw it too. Oh, how we miss him. Poor soul, she says. I miss him everywhere, for he never gave me an angry word in his life, and my neighbour, Mrs. Fent, knows it. At this point, what, what's going on with the neighbour? There's something with the neighbour here. At this point, the inspector says, "Can, can I speak to your neighbour? No. You're talking about her a lot. I'll go and get her." The inspector says. Mary leaps out of her chair, like, "No, I'll get her. You wait here." Oh, please say she comes back in a costume. <laughs> she might as well. Have. Hello, I'm Mrs. Fent. I'm Mrs. Fent. Mary May is outside tending to some sheep and biscuits. She goes to get this Mrs. Fent and. I, I do imagine that she is just bursting into a random person's house at this point, wrestling a confused old woman out of the door and into a house who's half asleep, going, what's going on? And saying, your name's Mrs. Fenton. My brother was fine before he died. Just say that to the inspector. So she she gets this neighbour who kind of has seen her around and passes a few words with her and is shoved through the nice. door, going, tell him all. Tell him how well my brother was. So Mrs. Fenton sort of comes in confused and recites something some line about Spratty Watts was fine. He was in very good health. And the inspector's like, okay, okay. Uh, you can go now. And she's like, I'll just go back to my food that I was eating. <laughs> he continues to question Mary. And also with the help of the local reverend, the local reverend Wilkins, he's kind of this amateur sleuth. Nice. And is like pressed against the window. Like during Father Brown type character. really like that. <laughs> he is. There's all sorts of accounts of his, that, some of which I didn't include, that they're kind of rambling of him just trying to solve the case alongside the inspector. Nice. And I think he just annoys the inspector the whole time. He just follows Excellent. him on investigation. I like this man. <laughs> but the reverend's there and he's questioning her as well, leaning in through the window, waving his hat. 
And the inspector's just like, I just was asking a few questions. <laughs> but also the rumours now are starting as the question continues over the next few days, the rumours around town about the poisoning and the May household are starting to stir, that poison has been used and this is the real cause of Spratty Watt's death. Mm. And now Mary appears to be unravelling a little. Having simply seen her half-brother off with a ginger beer and some Oreos on his day for work, she is now adding more and more detail to the story and her story is changing. Now she says, well, well, he did come back and he was feeling quite queasy. So I boiled up his porter and I put an egg in it and nutmeg, which would probably make you throw up anyway. Yeah, that does, I mean, beer and egg. Well, I don't... Like an egg flip or egg white? Is it meant to settle the stomach? And then nutmeg? surely. Well, porter's quite... Well, nowadays a porter is quite chocolatey, but back then it's just a a stout. It's like a really strong stout. It's a hefty stout. I'm not sure an egg would... An egg and stout. With a hint of nutmeg. Oh, that's all right then. Fine, let's go with it. (laughs) Just a whisper of nutmeg over the top. next week cocktail sorted. (laughs) Then she starts muttering that Spratty did use poison in his work because he was handling sheep when when dipping sheep as a kind of an insecticide. And he must have had a supply of arsenic, arsenic alarm, arsenic alarm, drink, drink, drink. I've been drinking all the way through this. (laughs) I know, but now we can drink more. (laughs) She then tries another tact. I just love the randomness of this. When questioned again, she again, oh, oh, wait, no, I've thought of something else. I mean, I've remembered something else. I mean, this definitely happened. (laughs) Spratty, Spratty Watts, William, had gone to the field that day. And while he was in the field, he found a random bottle on the ground and he drank the contents for no reason. Yep, that's what people do. Exactly. Never been well since. That's it. You don't drink. Ace solved. You shouldn't have had that powdered gravy I found in the parking lot sort of thing. Now, oddly, this story seems to be corroborated around the town. Okay. In the local taverns. People are reciting the same thing. Yes, Spratty Watts found a bottle in a field and he drank it and then he became ill. This is Spratty mainly- Watts is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mainly due to the fact that Mary has been running around the town asking people to say this line. <laughs> and whatever she's promising them, I don't know. But you have to say that you saw him drinking from a mystery bottle in the field and that was it. And people do tell this tale, probably bored and thinking... Something to do, isn't it? Yeah, this is something to do. Let's see how this plays out, kind of (laughs) crap. She regales the police with this nonsense. She says, oh, he told me, he told me he found a bottle as he was going up to the field and drank out of it, and he'd never been well since. And if there's anything else found in him, I didn't give it him. (laughs) Nice. Oh, she's a mastermind. She's a genius. Criminal mastermind, of course. It's almost like the thought process is going through her head. She's thinking out loud. Yeah, absolutely. There's no filter there, is there? Yeah, it's just, just say he got sick. Just leave it at that. Oh, no, wait a minute. He got, he was a bit ill when he got home, so I made him some eggs. Eggs make you ill. Wait a minute. What if you found a bottle in a field? It's like, we can hear you talking this through. Then she carries on, of course. Um, Spratty suddenly was always melancholy. Oh, he'd oh, always yes. been depressed. <laughs> Tried to hang himself months earlier. Absolutely. She'd had to wrestle a rope from him as he went up to the field. Again, everything happens in the field to hang himself. It's a dangerous place. It is. And then she remembers that she had bought arsenic recently. Drink. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. But she didn't use the arsenic on anything untoward. No, 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 no. It was for rats, obviously. Rats. And yes. very key, she had sprinkled it on a piece of bread and butter and used it to feed a rat that used to pop its head out of a hole in the kitchen. Nice. It's creating this ratatouille-esque <laughs> scene. She really is. She's, she's going for the detail in these, yeah. 
So amid all the tales of Spratty drinking bottles of poison he finds in a field, trying to kill himself, yet appearing in full good health all the way through this. An inquest into his death is unsurprisingly opened. Oh my goodness, no. (laughs) At the Wagon Pub on the 30th of June. His body is dug up. That must have been fun in a pauper's grave. Yes. <laughs> took, a, took a bit of time. Yeah. Examined locally, the local surgeon and their assistants, they, they notice an inflammation in his stomach. They're not that well trained to, to recognise yes. what would be a poisoning case. So, of course, it is sent to London to be examined by none other than Professor Alfred Swain Taylor. Oh, we've had him before. Favourite pathologist. Because he's reporting on all the cases at this time. Multiple, mm. multiple cases we've covered with him in it, of him looking at the insides of people going, it's definitely poison. There's a lot of poison going it's, on here. It's literally full of poison. <laughs> and this is very much the case here, where the local people are going, hmm, I see no signs of poison whatsoever. It's like redness. He opens them up going, there's eight bloody grains in here. It's all over the place. The big skull and crossbone crowd comes yeah. out. <laughs> yes, it's very much the gas it, yeah. escapes from his body. So Mary, as soon as this report comes back from Professor Taylor, Mary's arrested and brought into the inquest hearing as it resumed. The pub is now swelling with onlookers. Um, no doubt I'll be there. People literally pressed against the window, the reverent amongst them. Absolutely. <laughs> I can solve this case. Trust me. Ask me. Ask me. I know the answers. Witnesses are brought in. So the lodger who was staying in a house, the other lodger, people who visited Spratty as he lay ill, the neighbour, Mrs. Fent, who was like, <laughs> I've never seen this woman. I'm tired. <laughs> All the people that Mary had asked to tell stories about her half-brother and those she had convinced to help her after his death. A neighbour she had asked to register his death for her because she is illiterate. She can't read and write. Mm. Writing notes attesting to his wonderful health so she can deliver them to the burial club. Mary herself has no legal counsel through all of this. This is an inquest, but... It's not a trial, is it? No, but again, she's allowed to ask questions, but she doesn't really have any... She doesn't doesn't have any legal counsel. Doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, I don't think it really matters. I don't think she should have spoken a lot, (laughs) given that she would have made up new stories. Well, yeah, she doesn't... Yeah, I think probably getting her to keep her mouth shut was quite difficult by the sounds of it <laughs> probably standing in the middle wait a minute <laughs> i've got another idea he did this <laughs> he accidentally had sex with a sheep and just sit down just sit down <laughs> this story is of course picked up by the essex standard field day with the case they are calling her an artful looking woman they are the ones who call her repulsive they comment on the case, they report on it, must have misheard a bit of it, but they quite confidently claim that she has buried up to 14 children. <laughs> okay. Probably definitely murdered her husband. Of course, obviously. Yes, first husband definitely, definitely killed him. So just yeah. wild accusations being thrown around. But in the final stages of the inquest, Professor Taylor arrives to give evidence and he confirms that he has no doubt in his mind that the cause of death was arsenic. That... Uh... Spratty Watts had ingested arsenic, arsenic caused his death. Witnesses attested to seeing Mary buying arsenic on the pretense that it was for rats. Yeah, all the rats though. They're all the rats. Now, none was ever found in her house. The Spectre what? Raisin did mm. search it and didn't, it was not one of those cases where like just boxes of it were lying <laughs> around. Just... It does seem that 
a, a quantity was purchased. Didn't Sp- use it all. Used it all. Maybe just chucked it all in again. A, a small amount. Well, eight grains. Again, this is one of those cases where it could have gone either way, couldn't it? Because again, he could have just purged it all out, but was unlucky. But her business with the burial club is enough to seal her fate. If there's any <laughs> doubt about did she administer enough arsenic? Where is the evidence she did? Well, all of this there it is. craziness of her trying to get the money from the burial club has sealed her fate. The jury returned a verdict of willful murder in the case of the inquest. At her trial, it doesn't take long for her to be found guilty of murder. And in summing up, the judge said, you appear to have been actuated merely by this sordid small, an exceedingly small sum. Mm -hmm. And for this, you have destroyed the life of a near relative and periled your own soul. No, not your soul. He seems very annoyed that it was such a small amount of yeah, money. Yeah, small sum. What a waste. Sordid small. If it small. had been a bit more, then it's probably worth it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Actually, that's quite a good idea. Yeah, love. it was a big thing up a cash, then you go for it. But it shows that whether it's the greed or the desperation just to get £10. Now, that would be sort of half a, a year's of money for them, wages. Though, yeah, yeah, sort of for a farm labourer, about half a year's wages, that would be equivalent to. It's going to come out, though. She hadn't... With a pauper's burial, that, that surely... There would have been discovered that she hadn't used the money for a decent burial. She's not the criminal mastermind no, that she true. thinks. This is very true. Yes. Yeah. Clearly, uh, hence why this. She's now on trial for murder. <laughs> yes. yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Attempts were made to commute her sentence. She was sentenced to death, but to no avail. Mary in jail ate and drank heartily. Well, it's free. Why the hell wouldn't you? Uh, while still protesting her innocence, she protested her innocence to the end. With snacks. With, with snacks. Just <laughs> eating great... Yeah, yeah. Totally oh, really innocent. Innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More ginger beer and biscuits. Uh, but she was quite sort of nonplussed, really, through it. She kept saying that she was innocent, but she wasn't overly emotional or frightened or angry. She was just sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Mm, yeah, it wasn't me. Her husband would visited her. A couple of her last things she said was, um, she told her husband she would haunt him if he ever married again. Nice. Nice. Like it. She also said in one of her final uh, conversations, I think it was either with a guard or maybe with a relative, but she said that when she died, she had another husband to meet. Ooh. So her husband number one had He's died. dead. And yeah. so maybe that's just a bit of, well, my first husband's died, so I'll, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be reunited. Yeah, indeed. But some people took that as, oh, he'll be waiting for you because of what you did. No. Mm-hmm. And Mary May went to the gallows on the 14th of August, 1848. And was hanged until she was dead. So another of the poison yes. panic murders that would all combine together to create an absolute Ferrari around our favourite poison, <laughs> Arsenic! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm for the final time. Drink, drink, the drink, final drink, time. drink. God, please be for the final time. Ta-da! There is Marvellous. a story of Mary May. Mary May, the criminal genius of Essex. Absolute criminal genius. <laughs> Mastermind. <laughs> it, oh dear. <laughs> it's an interesting one. There's some really good sources on this. There's a couple of books that I'll put into the episode notes of where this story came from. I was worried when I started looking into the extra murders around Poison Panic in Essex that there wouldn't be enough material and there would maybe be a composite episode and then just found one was like oh look at all the things that mary said (laughs) yay so another little example of why arsenic caused such horrors well yes it's been used to kill many people it was but before the arsenic act or the sale of arsenic act this was it. Just you could you could get arsenic and just chuck it in anyone's Do drink. Do what you like with it. Chuck it in your beer. Mm. It's all all good. But Ooh. desperate times. Well, there is that. But really desperate enough to kill your own brother, even though you don't know his name. <laughs> if there's a that's way, a bit weird. well, that's it. Is it's all? Is it all morally part of society? Oh, you're just setting people up to be murdered. 
the burial clubs are there. You can get money if you're so desperate and you're starving. Well, that's and... no different to now, though. If you're that desperate, you can insure people and kill them. Well, yeah, so... you, you won't get away with them. Don't. We're no. not advocating that. No, Just indeed. Caveat, caveat, caveat. <laughs> <laughs> There's but such a small sum, seemingly. It does seem, yes, for like a year's wage or something like that. If you're going to do that, you want like, I'm going to live like a fucking king. Mm. Um, <laughs> while I can. Not, ooh, for a tenner. Well, Mary was stupid. Clearly. Well, there is that. Yes, she not doesn't seem about the smartest, yeah. smartest cookie. But then there's also maybe that's again it's maybe a society kind of argument. But the judge saying such a small sum, an exceedingly small, sordid sum, that was a lot of money to them. Yeah, that's, no, absolutely. That it would have fed the children for another six months. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. not saying she was justified in it. She bloody no, wasn't. It really wasn't. No. But yes, a curious tale. Yes. Yes, for financial gain. (laughs) Mm, Sneakiness. Very good. I like that story. She was crazy. I also like this cocktail because I'm really really drunk now. (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed you've quietened down quite a bit. My brain is actually now taking four times as long to actually say (laughs) (laughs) This is now full of tequila. What do you think, people? What do you think of Mary May's tale? What do you think of Boys in Panic? And are there more stories from this era from Essex or beyond that you would like to hear about and it's nice to have arsenic back because it's been a few weeks since we've had the arsenic alarm and I really wrung the hell out of it this time <laughs> You're, that is, this is true mm. an extra half an hour of the episode just for alarms yeah so tell us what you think of the story send us more suggestions in jump on the comments on social media or wherever you listen to this podcast and Nick would you like to talk about all of the booze you've drunk I would love to it's very nice booze <laughs> <laughs> So we will have the recipe for the Anjo Highball out on Friday. So yeah, really good. It's a nice, summery, sitting in the garden, long drink. Really, 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 really nice. Ginger margarita. Fucking awesome. Really good. Strong as hell. My brain is going all over the place. Um, (laughs) And is it strong as hell? Or is it particularly um, strong combined with? Yeah, the wine probably hasn't helped in this. (laughs) <laughs> you just one eye is even, closing i can't even finish my sentences <laughs> so. nick has got one eye closed trying to focus on one of the glasses do you want to talk about the wine it's all you had horribly wrong what wine did you have i had i had a very nice mm-hmm. a pinot noir oh that's lovely the 2019 pinot noir has been very very nice californian pinot noir by by bread and butter oh you do love bread I and do. butter I love as a wine. as a wine producer Anyway, yes. So drink all of those things and then die horribly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bed now. Bye. (laughs) To be fair, it's quite early. We started this quite early, so you can have a nice lie down and some toast. I can have a toast. A toast? A toast? Just a a toast. (laughs) My gran used to say that. Would you like a toast? Just the one. I like that. A toast. A toast. A single toast. A singular toast. toast. Delicious. Well, everyone, grab some toast. Grab a toast. Grab a toast. Only one. um, And mix up the cocktails. We will put out the recipes on Friday. One of them's already on Instagram. So jump on there. If you want a morning cocktail, depending what time you listen to that, go for it. They are delicious ginger beer. What an ingredient. And if you haven't already, come and join us on Patreon. Lots of fun shenanigans on there. Loads of extra stories. If you sign up, you will get access to the entire back catalogue. Then for but $5 a month, you get new episodes every week, extra bonus content. You can dip in and out of Patreon whenever you want, depending on your situation. Completely flexible. We've got a lovely community on there that loves to have a chat and likes to share details about their lives and their own rollerblading ways (laughs) and remember to tell your friends about the poisonous cabinet and go and buy merch from our merch store should you wish it and if you've got ideas of other merch you would like to see let us know 
Anything else you want to say, Nick? Yes, do all those things. There we go. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye-bye.